Old Gold Club. Old Gold Club. So hello there and welcome along to another episode of Old Gold Club, my golden game on this episode. Delighted to welcome former striker Adam Proudlock. How are you, my friend? How are you, my mate? You okay? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, thank you. Kind of, what's life like for you at the minute? Well, I'm 39 years old. I'm kicking 40 in May. <laughs> so I'm feeling it a little bit. Are you still playing at any kind of level? No, I managed and coached for seven, eight years. So, but I've come out of that now, unless another job comes up. So I'm just playing it by ear at the minute. Is that kind of the the way that you always saw things going? Not at all. When I was a youngster playing and going through the ranks and getting into the first team and playing professional football, I never thought of myself as a manager, as a coach. But it's something that fell on fell on me with first in schools doing PE lessons and then after school clubs, football. And then I just grew into that then. Because it's that thing, isn't it? Like, uh, and it all kind of maybe will become a theme as part of this chat that kind of, you have to be prepared, don't you, to kind of go into any kind of situation that gets thrown at you. Oh, definitely, yeah. No one will ever, ever take your memories away. Whether you've made it big and got thousands of pounds or whether you've just enjoyed yourself Play professional football, and not many people can say that. And then you, you you go day by day, don't you? When we had you on Match Day Live Extra the other week, you know, like I'm obsessed by the element for you that you were kind of thrown into it so quickly. Like you went out on loan for what a month in Scotland, and then you were back and in. It was meant to be three months, so I had to go there at 19. I had to go and live in Scotland in Glasgow in a flat. <laughs> and play and it was um it's part well it's division one in Clyde um in in the Scottish League. So they trained in the morning and they trained at night for the players that had to work in the morning. So I had to do double sessions every day. So what gets kind of said to you on that? Because I say you you thought you were going for three months. So you can't have been expecting at that time to come back a, a, and play a big part, or did you? No, well, as I said to you before, I said I played a pre, uh, pre-season game against Aston Villa, and I did really well. So I thought I might have a chance. And then I've got Colin Lee called me in the morning and said the Clyde scout or manager was there and said they wanted you to go over there. So he said, I want you to go over there for three months, get a bit of experience, men's, proper men's football, not reserve football. So it was a bit, I was, I don't know what to do. But then I just thought, do you know what? Let's go and do it. The, remember the first game was actually on my debut. Because of reserve team football, it's not so competitive. It's just players getting back from fitness or players that don't want to play, they want to be in the first team. So it's it's a, it's a bit like of a youth team game. My first tackle, waist height, two footed. And I thought, oh, here we go. <laughs> I, I guess I say your ability to adapt because you've gone there, scored goals. So what happens with the conversation with Colin Lee where after only a month, he's like, come back and have a new contract? They were struggling a little bit. I scored five and six games. And then I got the phone call off Colin and said, I want you to come back. I've quit your loan short, your loan deal short. I want you to come back. So I said, oh, yeah, OK, brilliant. I'll come home. Uh, I think it was on the Monday and the Tuesday we had Oxford and we were 2-1 down 
and I scored the win on my debut. I scored the winner. I think we won three two. So to get that call and to score on my debut away away at Oxford was uh, an unbelievable feeling. When you get kind of called back. Were you at any point like, no, actually, I'd, I'd quite like to stay because I'm, I'm playing and I'm scoring? and Or did Colin Lee give you some guarantees that you were going to be playing when you came home? No, he didn't. He didn't. He said you'd be involved in the squad. He said, uh, you're doing really well. He said, I want, we're not scoring goals, so I want you to come back and you be in the squad. I had no idea that I was going to start the first game against Oxford. And then it, it kind of kicks on, but your first league goal, which is your golden game, 24th of September in the year 2000. This is what, four games later. And you think you said to me, this game was live on telly as well. It was live on Sky on a Sunday. So obviously a local lad, I've got all my mates watching it in the pub. All cheering me on. Obviously, my family are there watching the game. And I managed to... Uh, we beat Norwich 4-0. And I managed to score the first goal. So, to score on Sky, knowing everyone's watching, for me, me team, my local team, was uh, an unreal feel- feeling. Yeah, try and talk me through it if you can. That Because, you know, you've achieved something that so many people that will be listening to this will will have dreamt of and imagined in their back gardens and out on the street for years and years as kids. I imagine you were similar. So what goes through your mind when that actually happens? In front of the South Bank as well. I know. Um, I can remember Branchy, Michael Branch. Running down the left, he was tearing him, tearing him apart because he was quick. And I was getting little little inches of chances. And I thought, you know, I'm going to take my chance here. And he ran down the left and he cut back inside. And I thought, I know where he's putting this. Because obviously he trains together. I know he's going to whip it in on his right. So I've just got my body in front of the, I think it was Walsh, Gary Walsh. Played for, used to play for Leicester. Steve Walsh. Steve Walsh, that's it. So I've managed to get my body in body in front of him and it's just looped over and I managed to control it on my left thigh and then roll him and then score with my left foot. Do you know immediately at the time like how big that is and like your mates will be feeling it or are you just like I'm in the game and I'm in the zone? At the moment when when it happened I didn't know where my head was. (laughs) Like the excitement and like first goal at Molyneux and playing in front of the sky, in the front of the cameras, you just lose you lose yourself in celebration. And it was only after then you'd actually really think about it. I think how many people are watching, all the fans. It's, it's, it's amazing. When we talk about that goal as well, I say the way you bring it down and kind of hit it on the turn was very bully-esque. Yeah, and well, it, it. <laughs> it, yeah, and I guess, you know, you'd have grown up watching him yeah, and idolising him. And then because of that, I guess, you suddenly, people start to go, he's the new Steve Bull. And that must have been really hard to deal with. Yeah, as he said, I, I, I trained with Bully before, just before he retired. And I, I put his, so much effort into training. I, I watch him train non-stop. You know what I mean? You think, oh, Bully played for England. He's... he's leading goal scorer, Wolves and all that. And you just think, but the way he trained, I thought that's, that's how you got to do it. 
when people say, oh, you're the next Steve Ball, I said, no, I, I don't want to be, although it was nice to say, people to say that, I didn't want that pressure. So I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm Adam Proudlock. I'm not the, the new Steve Ball. Was it pressure though? Yeah, it was a little bit of pressure, you know? And I spoke to you before and I said, when Dave Jones handed me the number nine shirt, I've put more pressure on myself because I was wearing the number nine, not concentrating my own game. I was thinking I'm wearing like a, it was like a, no weight, but you know what I mean? It was like the pressure of a number nine for Wolves because of bully. It was, it was, I put more pressure on myself. Yeah, I say, because you end up being top scorer in, in that first main season. And I guess that must have played a part in why they handed you the number nine. But it, it must be such a, such a weight of expectation then and it sounds like you were a lot of it came from yourself and not just from your mates and everyone around you yeah 100 percent. i always put pressure on myself always want to do well always want to try and be the best or do you know put be the max maximize what i can do so but that with that number nine as you said is a little bit extra so I think it got it got into my head a little bit because I was, my first number was thirty one. That's all. That's been my lucky number ever since. And thirty one, I was as you said, I was leading goal scorer, uh, not caring the world. But as soon as I was number nine, I think it's got into my head a little bit. So with hindsight, would you have rather not have had that number nine? No, because I'm proud to say I've worn the number nine at Wolves. <laughs> yeah, I don't care what anyone says. I've worn the number nine at Wolves. I told this story, we were doing some kind of uh, re-reviews of the season review VHSs and stuff during lock- first lockdown. And I always tell the story that one of my best mates was obsessed with you at that time. <laughs> and he had Proud Lock 9 on the back of his shirt and he would yeah. go around constantly saying that you were the new Steve Ball. And I wondered just how much like not just from your mates, but from people around the place that you felt that kind of feeling? It was, it, do you know what, to wear that number nine shirt was unbelievable. And I wish now, because I'm a little bit older and mature and you got, you know, you're an older head. I wish I'd got it now. I wish I knew now what I did then. Do you know what I mean? A bit more experienced, mature, so you, so you can get to grips with things and and you know what to do, how to deal with it. So you, you think you didn't know how to deal with it at the time? Not uh, 1920, you know, as a local lad. Broke through the time when I was 13. Broke through the youth team, got the YTS, got into the first team. And then obviously it's all, it all comes as a, as a all in one. You, you know, sometimes you know, young kids don't know how to take it. With the pressure. And then I guess the managerial change doesn't help that either. No, to be fair, Colin Lee brought me back, brought, brought me back from on loan and he had faith in me. And then Dave Jones came in and then in his first game, FA Cup against Nottingham Forest away, I scored the winner last minute. So he had faith in me and within two weeks he gave me a new contract, Dave Jones. So it was, it, was, it was faith in managers as well. And it, as I say, it's not it's hard to change because you're used to one way of system or how, how managers want you to play. And then another one comes in and then changes it. So it is hard, but all you need as a player, as a young player, is faith. 
You must have been rolling in it with all these new contracts in your first season. <laughs> well, I was only on, I started on 42 quid a week. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? Because it doesn't feel like it was that long ago, but in the oh, terms no. of what, well, 30, now, 39 now. To be on 42 quid a week. £42.50, sorry, it was. Oh, and then okay. it went up to £47.50 £47. in the second year. Wow. <laughs> wow. I don't even know what you could get. You couldn't live on that now. No, you couldn't live on that now. It's not, it's not even a week food bill. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about this Norwich game then. As we say, you... Uh, give us the lead after 21 minutes it's very quickly too from tony dinning carl robinson gets one as well and michael branch i'll go through the team oaks baisley emblem green naylor dinning Ketsbyer, robinson sinton branch proudlock and on the bench stowell kamara clyde taylor and sammy Jaber, which is a name that i i think would bring a smile to a lot of people's faces yeah. what was that group like it was i tell you it was, it was we had such a good dressing room and it's just a shame we couldn't so gel on the pitch you know because the banter in the dressing room was brilliant. The training sessions were brilliant. It just We just couldn't click on the pitch. And we fell a little bit short. When you look back on that game, to have won so comfortably as well, and in the manner that it was, like was that a, a staging post, I guess, for you say you didn't click all the time, but you clearly did that day. So what was it about that day that kind of, showed what that team could have been yeah it shows absolute potential potential what we could have done but you need to be consistent it's got to be week in week out it can't just be a one-off and it just as I said the lads were brilliant honestly my, my first season they welcomed me in I had to do a few initiations nations, but they they were brilliant and it was just a shame we couldn't gel every week because there was some decent players there mate there seemed like a, a mix of some really experienced senior pros and then a, a lot of guys like yourself who were kind of very new to it yeah I think Colin Lee had, had, had a blend of experience and youth because you remember uh, uh, Joel Scott broke through at the same time we had Keith Andrews uh, Matt Murray was breaking through you mentioned the initiations. What did they make you do? Well, <laughs> we had, um, as a Christmas bonus, we had to stand on a table and get fruit, apples, bananas, anything thrown at you, singing a Christmas song to get your Christmas bonus. We got strung out on a bench in your pants in the middle of the Molyneux and then left there. You had to uh, sing a song on the table in front of the whole first team. As a young kid, your heart's beating. And this is was, all when yeah, you're starting. Yeah, honestly, it's funny. Not this. Well, when I got to the first team, it wasn't like that. But when you're going for the YTS stage, and then and uh, you, obviously cleaning boots and all that, you have to you have to go through a lot. But it's not. It's all changed now. There were a couple of other games that. I know you were kind of keen to mention. So we mentioned obviously Oxford um, in like your first game 
and scoring in that one. And then obviously the Nottingham Forest game. And the one that I know you want to talk about, which is kind of, we started this series with Dennis Irwin, who obviously picked that game. So it's like an unofficial rule now that anybody else who was there can't have it as their main choice, but we will reference it. It's the playoff final, which I imagine is just unreal. It was unbelievable. You know, we pull up, we we went two days early. We trained in Cardiff. And uh, the morning of the of the game, you know, the nerves are they're, they're rocking like. And uh, we pulled up on the team coach, and you've seen thousands and thousands of fans clapping the bus come through up to the Millennium Stadium. Then your heart starts going, then the nerve starts going, and then he, he names Dave Jones names the team. He puts me on the bench because in the in the semi final I wasn't on I wasn't involved I wasn't seventeenth man against Reading, so to put me on the bench I thought oh, here we go so we walked out into the stadium and you look around the stadium it's a magnificent stadium and then when you come back to warm up you see all the fans coming in but then when you walk out when it's full eighty thousand the 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 buzz and the shivers that go down your body. It was an unbelievable feeling. Were you quite emotional at that? Because I say, local boy, the extra pride level that's amongst it and everything you'd actually been through in those kind of three years from what we were talking about a minute ago until this, it must have meant so much more. I was emotional. I'm a local lad. I'm coming through the ranks. And then I saw my mum and my brother in the stadium and I looked up and they waved and I could see my mum emotional as well. Like, you know, in the, the, the teary eye and she's, and I, and I think, oh, don't do that to me. Because <laughs> I'm all my feelings go through my body at the time. I said, don't do that to me now. But you know, it's that feeling, you know, your family, your friends are there to support you. You don't know who's watching back home in my local town. So yeah, it was amazing. Obviously, the game's kind of won, so it's not like you're you're going on into a nervy situation. It's just party time around the place. In a way, that must actually be quite a hard game to come on and join in. Half time, Dave Jones said, "It's not won yet. We haven't we've only won the first half. Don't do nothing stupid." Five or ten minutes into the second half, we can see the penalty. But then, big Matty Murray, one of my best friends in football, he he pulled out the save, and we held on. But you know what the best thing is when Sir Jack Hayward's face came on the big screen and he, he could see how happy and emotional and what it meant to him. And it, Dave Jones said to me, last 15 minutes, he said, go on. I won't say, he said, go and run you off and just make, and make yourself a nuisance. I said, all right, I'll do that. So I just ran about and I remember the defender was going down on the left, left, left back and I chased him down, I chased him down. And I ended up getting a corner out of nothing and in front of the Wolves fans. Yeah. And the cheer was like I scored a goal. It was unbelievable. So how did you feel then when you end up kind of moving on very soon kind of afterwards? And Yeah, I mean, I was in and out of the squads and uh, I've been on loan at Sheffield Wednesday. And I, I did quite well. I scored a couple of goals and then uh, they came in with a... 150 or 300 grand bid. And as a young kid, you want to be playing football. Although it was heartbreaking to leave Wolves, I just wanted to play football. 
and they were League One at the time, and they were getting what twenty eight thousand fans a week in League One, a massive, massive club. So I thought I was going to sign a three year contract. Then, as I said, it broke my heart, but I wanted to play. I don't want to sit on the bench, get bits here, bits there. I want to play majority of the games. Even for one game in the Premier League. Yeah, I know. It's a shame, isn't it? <laughs> Do you have any regrets over it? No, because I look at life and you've got to, you've got to live life. You don't, you don't, you don't know, obviously with all this coronavirus, you don't know what's going to happen. So you live day by day, enjoy yourself, work hard, whatever you're doing. And I had, I had a brilliant, brilliant time. Whether I was in Premiership, Championship, League One, League Two, Conference, I was enjoying myself. And that's how I think you've got to look at life because you don't know what's around the corner. Thanks for listening to The Old Gold Club. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review and rating from wherever you get your podcasts. Wolves TV, the home of live uninterrupted radio commentary of every single Wolves game. But that's not all. Wolves TV also brings you extended and alternative match highlights, interviews with the team, behind-the-scenes features and training coverage, plus see every goal Wolves score from every angle. So check out Wolves TV online at wolves.co.uk or on the move via the Wolves app.